Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. You know, Christian, I remember talking last episode. I was like, oh, there's, there's not really a whole lot to talk about right now. There's a few things to talk about on this episode now, I think. Really, I, I I was I thought it was a slow news day. I didn't think there was too much going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, not much happened in the NHL today. I mean, you, you look in the yeah. news, it's just another day of blank slates. You know, you had Zdeno Chara retire, P.K. Subban retire, Keith Yandel retire. And, uh, oh, Nathan McKinnon has officially signed his extension with the Colorado Avalanche for eight years at 12.6 per, making him the highest paid player in the the NHL, and I got to say, cannot be happier. This just seems like the perfect conclusion to it all. It seems like perfect conclusion, and we were – I want some credit because we totally predicted he was just going to barely make more than McDavid, and lo and behold, he's making, what, 100000 more than him? Yep. McDavid, <laughs> makes, McDavid makes 12.5 per year, and now McKinnon's going to make 12.6. It, it's said, the best of both worlds. As we said last episode, that's the champ tax. gets squeezed out for winners. And it was great. Like, it just kind of came. Like, we knew it was coming. I didn't expect it to happen today. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's it's it seemed like to me it was going to happen before training camp, at least, because he said before the season. But really, once you start ramping up towards the season, you really don't want to be talking contract at that point. Like, that's why usually with RFAs, training camp is usually the deadline. It's different for extensions because obviously McKinnon does have the contract, but it's just something you don't really want to deal with. And we're what two days away from training camp getting underway. Like it just seemed time. Yeah, it seemed time. And even McKinnon said he in his interviews he didn't want this lingering over his head for the rest of the the season. And now it's just done and over with, and both parties can move on. And I think you look at this from both sides, and I think both sides won in this contract. It's the Absolutely. rare win-win. Absolutely, that both sides won in this deal. I mean, you get McKinnon, who gets his money. He gets double his current contract. He currently, and still until the end of this season, is making 6.3 against the cap. Next season, he's going to be making 12.6. Nathan McKinnon, I would argue, has over the last like four years been the most underpaid player in sports. 6.3 for a man of that talent, I cannot think of another person, not even just in hockey in other sports on that ridiculous of a contract. He he was due to get his money. And still, this is a very fair contract. And he could have and probably should have gotten more. He should have definitely gotten more. But he said he wanted to give the team a team-friendly deal. And I, everyone was freaking out, expecting him to go under 10. This is a team-friendly deal for Nathan. Is. He could have easily gotten $14 million a year if he wanted it. If he wanted to make as much money as he could, he could have not signed this extension, hit the open market. Even if he wanted to stay an app, he could have hit the open market and held their feet to the flames and demanded $14 million a year. And, you know, it would have been kind of hard to argue with him. Yeah, because, you know, McKinnon's going to go off this year. Like, you know, if he stays healthy, it's a 100 point season for him, guaranteed. So it's. It is that team friendly deal in that aspect that he gave us that extra 1.5 million for players down the road. Um, and it's, I, I still just go back to the fact that if McKinnon played in any other sport, just to go off on your tangent about how he had the best uh, contract in sports, if he was playing in the NFL or the NBA, he would have sat out and gotten a restructured deal before oh, yeah. his contract was up. But that's just what I love about hockey. Uh, the players wait until their contracts are up and they're rightfully getting paid. Um, it goes back to that whole thing with Jason Robertson about how, yeah, he deserves to get paid. He's the best player on your team. 
Um, so I love this deal for Nathan McKinnon. I love this deal for the Avs. And the best part about it is that whole little tangent we went on in the last episode about how is McDavid's contract structured where he only makes like 700000 throughout the year. Uh, well, McKinnon's doing the same thing. He's going to make like 13 or some ridiculous number as a signing bonus. And then his AAV in the season is going to be like 700000 So he yeah, just structured it, it the exact same way. Yeah, it drops from a grand total of $16.5 million in total salary all the way down to a paltry 9.9. I know. Final sucks, year man. of the contract, you know. It's just it's going to be tough for him to make ends meet at the very end of that deal. But I hope those sponsorships with Tim Hortons continue to pay out because yeah, he's going to be he's gonna really pinching pennies near the end. $100 million. I mean, that's just a, that's a big number, man. That's a hard hitting analysis, but I'm just, I'm looking at that now. Like, man, that's just a lot of money, and 85 million dollars of it is in a signing bonus. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it too, like this could be the ultimate. Like, if they win a cup again next year, he could win the cup, and then on July 1st, when the new season starts, he gets that signing bonus. So he could start his Stanley Cup party with a 10 million dollar check from Stan Kroenke, um, and that would be 15 million. Check. Excuse me. Like that's a pretty good start to your summer, I'd say. <laughs> that's I, a pretty damn good start. And that's real good stuff. And it goes back to the conversation we've been having over the last couple episodes about salary cap and cap percentages and everything. And people are looking at this and being like, "How does he make more than McDavid?" First of all, I know the people who listen to this show are not saying that because you generally understand how the world works. Connor McDavid, I will reiterate it once again signed that contract in 2017 out of his entry-level contract as a restricted free agent. Nathan McKinnon signed this deal coming out of his, this is his third contract in the NHL. He had the 6.3 out of his ELC and has been the most underpaid player in the league by far for that entire contract and was hitting unrestricted free agency. When you compare those two situations a hundred thousand more than McDavid, not that much. No, I also he, still think it's absolutely hilarious that that's how they did it. But. Yeah, it's hilarious that they did it that way. But here's the thing: McKinnon's going to be the highest paid player in the league for a grand total of one year, because we all know Austin Matthews is going to get a lot more than twelve point six in his next contract he signs, whether it's with oh, the yeah. Leafs. If, if you or think, with another if team. you think this is big right now, just you wait until next offseason. If the Leafs give Matthews that extension you never know how things are going over you never know but but he's going like i would say matthew's minimum is 14 like that's his minimum if he takes less than 14 that's team friendly yeah and we'll see what he does i don't know what he's going to do but this is going to be a one-year thing for mckinnon and then when mcdavid comes up what when did mcdavid come up 2023 or 2024 is that what we said i think he has three including this one yeah so 2025 when he gets off mcdavid's going to get the max of whatever you can get throw it out i mean you could could argue that matthews might get the same yes because while nathan mckinnon is a top five player in the league you can make the like there's no debate Connor mcdavid's the best player in the nhl there's no debate this doesn't you can debate kale mccarr right now you could but if you're Connor McDavid is really fucking good um, and he deserves to be the highest paid player in the league, but it's exactly what you just said. He signed that deal five years ago now. Right. Uh, in, a, in a completely different cap world. Yeah. And also let's remember, we've been kind of stuck in this cap purgatory for the last three seasons. It's not going to be that way forever. We're looking down the line two, maybe three seasons from now. That cap's going to be 90 million and up. There's going to be a point in time where that cap is not rising one million, but we're talking three, four, five, sometimes six million dollars a season. And maybe halfway through this deal, we're looking at this like, how did we do this again with McKinnon? <laughs> he's going to be a, he's not going to have a top 10 contract. <laughs> we right, had in the and, top 10. Right. And like superstars are going to be signing contracts in like the 15 and 16 million dollar range. And right now, I, mean, I talk a lot about cap percentages. McDavid still is number one at I believe it is 16.3 and McKinnon right now signing this deal is 15.27 0.07 more than what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays signed for when they signed their deals so he is the second highest paid player in terms of cap percentage as well that just seems fair to me like 
I, I really don't have anything negative to say about this. This is not going to like handicap the team for years to come. They'll find a way around this. I mean, it's what we've been saying for like the past two months. It's, t- it's time to pay up. Like you've had this so good for so long. And now let me be the first to welcome you to the realities of the salary cap world. Elite p- players are going to get paid a lot of money. And still, he could have gotten paid more money, and we really couldn't be that upset about it. What was it? Dom tweeted that out, and you said he he could have gotten 14, and it would have been completely acceptable according to the analytics? Uh, Try 16.2. Okay, yeah. Is, so his, mar- he, is his market value. Okay, yeah. So he, he he took a deal. I'm not kidding you, dude. When you I'm texted sorry, per, me— I'm sorry. That's salary. Per season, 14.2. I read it wrong. But— when you texted me the tweet and you were like, he signed for that. I literally like laughed. Cause I thought it was a prank. Like we, we, we joked that maybe he would make barely more than McDavid. And here we are today and it's done. And he is signed for that. Um, so I really, really think this is going to age very gracefully. Um, Cause you can argue Nathan McKinnon had had a down year last year because yeah. of injuries. He was like, interrupted with injuries a ton of the season and really could not get going. We still might not have seen the best version of Nathan. Yeah, because he turns 28 this year, correct? I think he's close to the same age as me. He is 27, and he just turned 27. Okay. Like so a couple weeks ago. So he'll turn 28 at the end of next season. You're talking this contract's up when he's 35? Yeah, like he, and he's 36. Like, yeah. Like, like a player like Nathan McKinnon is just going to fall off a cliff yeah. when he's 35. A guy who's this competitive, this like hypersensitive about just even the stuff he eats and how competitive he is. Nathan McKinnon might outlive this contract and sign like two more. I completely agree because you look at his idol, his his co-partner is Sidney Crosby. And Sidney Crosby has aged very gracefully in this league. Um, and he trains with them every off season. They have like the same diet. They're basically the same person at this point, which is funny for you because Sidney Crosby is probably your number one enemy and you have his like best friend on the team you cheer for. So I always think that's a better version. Yeah. Because Sidney Crosby is for a Capitals fan, like the devil. So it is funny that you have to cheer for basically his, his copycat. So um, (laughs) I, uh, I, yeah. We won't dive into that. I don't need to dive up some uh, old demons for you that you've probably suppressed in your memory for a long time. But you look at guys like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, those guys have aged gracefully in this league. You can argue Ovechkin's better than he was five years ago. And the way the NHL is designed, or it's playing out now where the big hits are kind of getting taken out of the game. It's a lot more safe in that aspect. McKinnon, I completely agree. He could sign another four-year deal when he's 35. And we'd be like, okay, that seems fair. Like he just takes such good care of himself and just had such bad luck this last year that I really think that he's going to get a hundred, 110 points this year. I really think that's a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even for all his bad luck this season, completely healthy in the playoffs, meaning he didn't miss a game, not meaning he was completely healthy because he wasn't, but ends it with a Stanley cup runner up for the con Smythe trophy and now gets his money. Like, we're seeing now Nathan McKinnon with no more pressure hanging over his head. It feels it doesn't feel the need to like needs to win a Stanley Cup in order to have anything, needs to have a good season in order to maximize his next contract. Like this is all over and done with now. Now it's just back down to business. Like it's just going to work every single day and trying to win once again because that's what he does. It's what he does. And there's been some people chirping online saying that no team's ever won a cup with a player making over $10 million. And you told me before we started recording, it's like the past three Stanley Cup winners have had players who make 9.5 million and they've won a cup. Like the abs had Miko who makes 9.6. Kale now makes 9.25, if I'm correct. I believe Miko makes 9.25 and Kale makes nine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. and then but you go over to the point t- still stands. Yeah. And you go and look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have three players making 9.5 and Braden Point, Andre Vasilevsky, and Nikita Kucherov. So $500,000 more and they have multiple cup. Like this isn't like making over $10 million is not a detriment to the team. It's like you were saying before we started recording, when you have multiple players making over 10, yeah, that causes a little bit of a problem, but the apps have a grand total of one player that makes over $10 million. So, and it's just, 
Yeah, like when you look at the Leaf situation, you have Matthews making over 11, you have Tavares making 11, you have Marner making just under 11. Like, yeah, that starts to add up over a while. That's over $33 million of your cap locked up in three players. And it's also, you look at a situation like the Oilers, where they have Connor McDavid on a more than fair contract, and Leon Dreisaitl, I would say, now on the best contract in the NHL. And they still can't win because they have signed Zach Cassian to bloated contracts and Darnell Nurse to these bloated contracts, trading for the full cap of Duncan Keith last season. Like the big stars are not what kills your cap. It's the dumb moves you make around them that stop making the team better. Good GMs can always work around cap issues. And people are saying like, oh, well, they're going to be in cap hell for the next few seasons. Newsflash, so is literally everybody. <laughs> Every good team is not this. You know what cap hell is? That's Minnesota, who buys out two players and has $14 million in dead cap, forced to trade Kevin Fiala and other pieces just to even field a team. Having good players signed to a lot of money is not cap hell. You can find ways out of it. And we'll talk more like the Alex Galchenyuk PTO that the app signed today. We'll talk more about that later in full detail. That's an example of finding a way around cap issues. And that's what smart teams do. Tampa Bay's had to do it forever. And people will argue like, oh, well, they cheated and they circumvented the cap. Perfectly legal. You're allowed to do it. A team like the Penguins have always had cap issues. Guys go in and out time after time again. And I know they've had their struggles in the first round lately, but they're cup contenders year over year. The Capitals had cap issues forever they had cap issues after they lost in 2017 gutted their roster brought in other guys win a cup the next season it's just simply a reality of the salary cap world and for us it's not that bad it's not that bad and the key is yeah you can get those other players to come in but as long as you have the core you're fine and now you look at it you have mckinnon locked up for nine years you have miko locked up for three more years you have kale locked up for seven seven or eight more years or Um, Five, including this one. Five, including this one. You have Gabe locked up for six more years after this year. like And Val just signed for six. Like, that's your core five. Yeah, and oh, and, and Arturi Lekin. Yeah, yeah. Lekin signs for five. So, like, even then, we're not even talking about, like, oh, we have our core three locked up. We have basically our core, like, top six locked up for the near future. <laughs> like, once Alex Newhook signs his next deal, you have your top six until Miko expires. Yes. Like other teams do not have that kind of thing. That is not cap hell. That is, oh, you got to figure out who's going to play on your third line this year. It's just smart cap management. It's smart cap management because then you go look at the defense too. Devontae is locked up for two more years. You got Sam Girard, who has a lot to prove this year. We've talked about that, has a lot to prove. He's still on for four or five more years. Five more years. You have Josh Manson who just signed for four. Uh, You have EJ who's coming off the books after this year. I don't see him playing for another team. I just don't. Right. He's either going to retire or sign like a one or two year deal and be fine. Like your defense is locked up. Your goalies, you have Georgiev. If he turns out to be solid, you have Georgiev locked up for three years. Like you're looking really, this team is built to win now and these contracts aren't holding them back. Right. Like a McKinnon contract is not going to stop you from winning in the future. No. A contract that would, we have to tie it back to this conversation would be a Nazem Kadri contract. Signing an over 30-year-old for seven years at $7 million. It could work out great for the Flames. I'm not saying it won't happen. But more often than not, those contracts are the ones that backfire. And like, yeah, he's good, but we're paying you for a lot more than 50 points kind of deal. Like those are the kind of things that hurt your contention windows. You really can't look at a contract on the abs roster right now and being like, that's an overpayment and that's going to screw the team. Like, I feel like the closest one, and I don't even agree with what I'm about to say is Val because he's on an eight year deal and he's only had like a couple one good year, one good year of production. He could regress, but from what we saw from him last season and in the playoffs, that is absolutely money that he is worth paying for. Yes. And like, look at that example. Val Nachushkin could age to be the worst contract we have for a guy who proved himself to be a, a, a knife in the back for Tampa Bay in yes. the final last year and a massive reason how why we did anything in the playoffs. Correct. 
Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And if you want even more action, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's real simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if they go on to lose. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I mean, and you look at it too, like a guy like Samuel Gerard, you could say that that could hold us back, but Every team trade. in the league. If yeah. you want to trade that Gerard contract, you could do it tomorrow. Yes, Ottawa, Ottawa would be ringing your phone nonstop. Yes. Teams will take Sam Gerard at $5 billion for yes. five years without hesitation. Like a contract that is truly holding you back has to be one that also can't be moved. Yes. And that's not the case with any of the Avs contracts. Um, going off sidetrack here, did you see the picture of Kadri in a Flames uniform? I think I avoided that on purpose. It, it was very sad. Like I actually know I did see it. It, it was sad. I, I looked at it and I was like, that just, that just looks Photoshopped and not real. Like it, it kind of hurt me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Like yes, I, yes. I imagine when you see Berkey in a Kraken jersey, it's going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's yucky. Like I, I saw Kemper in a Caps jersey for the first time, but it, that one felt, okay honestly for me at least because it's a different situation for me but just getting back to even the the mckinnon stuff like once you lock up byram this offseason and you give new hook his bridge deal like you're fine like you can really make the argument that the abs are doing everything right they're set up for long-term success with a team that's proven they can win like a lot of teams they set up their teams with lock their cores up for long-term and big money without them having done anything yet. The Avs are locked up, and they've done it. And they did it very impressively, I might add, last season. We're fine. And also, I want to address like the comments like, oh, McKinnon's not even the best player on his own team. That is not the diss you think it is. <laughs> that is. That is such not a diss at all. That is such a good thing. You have no idea. Uh, McKinnon is still a top five player in the world, and still not even the best guy on his own team because we have the once in a generation Kale McCarr yeah. on our team who is on an even bigger steal of a contract. So thank you for reminding me of that, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure what point you're trying to prove. Yeah, the only player that I can see getting squeezed out and it breaks my heart is, is a guy like Devon Tades when his contract's up. Yeah, like, that's like that, that could be the first real cap casualty I see, especially yeah. once Byram signs. Because Devon Taves is top 10 defenseman in this league you could argue like absolutely after after this season it's undeniable he's at, top 10 at the very least left-handed defenseman absolutely yes he is fantastic he's up in two years he's making four something like 4.1 like yeah. just an unbelievable contract yeah. for two more years he may be one of the cap casualties he may be and that's like, gonna suck but you have a guy like Bo byram who is hopefully younger and even though Devon Taves is fantastic, I still think Bo Byram has a higher ceiling than Devon Taves. Absolutely, he does. Offensive. And that's not even a shot at Devon Taves. That's no. just a, a comment on just how high Bo Byram's ceiling even is. Yes. And also, like, conversation for two years down the line, yes. Devon Taves was a very late bloomer. And when that contract expires, he's also going to be 30 and is probably going to demand a lot of money. And a lot of term. We're going to be having the Nazem Kadri conversation again. And also, who knows where we're going to be two years from now? Correct. Like, who knows who will even, if we'll have drafted some kind of steal, if Barons turns into something, or if we'll have just identified another Devontae's to bring in for cheap because we stole him from the Islanders for two second round picks. Yes. You can and find these guys. You can find these guys. And Devontae's is going to rightfully so, just like Nazem Kadri and Burakovsky, 
They're going to rightfully so make their money. It might not be with the Avs. Who knows where the cap's going to be in two years? Maybe they can make it work. But I really like that's a problem for two years down the road. Like compared to where this like most cup winning teams do not bring back as many key players as the Avs are going to bring back this upcoming year. Right. It is absolutely ridiculous because they lost Kadri, they lost Kemper and they lost Berkey. And the only thing you can really say they haven't just gone and outright replaced his second line center. It looks like right now they're going to do that by committee. They have Lekkanen internally who's jumping up to that second line. They traded for Georgiev. Who knows if he'll be able to replace, replace Kemper, but they at least went out and addressed it. Yes. So like you usually don't see teams, like you said, able to do something like this. I mean, look at Tampa last year. They had to replace their entire third line. Yeah. Their entire third line. And they did. That's the thing. Even when you have cap casualties, you can still replace them if you have a competent managing staff. And And when you have Joe Sackett and Chris McFarland, I have no worries replacing guys that we are unfortunately going to lose. Yes. Like you look at Chris McFarland, what a first summer as a GM for him. He fit, he hit everything out of the park this year. And the Georgiev one is still out for like how we'll feel about that. But I have a feeling that the Avs are going to be just fine. When you have the best defensive group in the NHL, your goalie is going to be fine. Um, But what a, what a first summer as a GM for Chris McFarland. Like, can you think of something where he like overpaid or did something wrong this offseason? I, I really don't think he did. Not really, no. I mean, what did we say at the beginning of the offseason? It was like, oh, Helm and Cogliano got like a few thousand more than we expected. The Stanley Cup tax. Right. And even then, right now, we still have nearly $2 million in cap space. So yes. it does not matter. Does not matter. Um, but to put a bow on McKinnon, we're both in agreement. Fair contract for both. I mean, if anything, McKinnon took less than he probably should have taken. The Avs have plenty of cap space. You don't need to freak out about a player making over $10 million. It's not a big deal. Right, because eventually the team's going to win with a guy making 10. Like that That's just how salary it's, caps work. They keep going up and players get paid more. Yes, it's going to happen in the next five years. That it, I would say maybe in the next three years. I'd argue it happens in one. Yeah, there you go. I like your optimism. Um, but... How is how's Ovechkin never made over ten million? Well, he said, well, he had like a fourteen-year contract at like nine million dollars, which back huh. then would have been like fourteen or something. Like yeah, that. okay. I just met like guys like him and Crosby. I'm like shocked that they didn't get a ten. And then I will guys like, get you a quick answer on what percentage that was. Yeah, he made, because he makes nine point five now at eleven point six. Okay. You want you want to take a stab at what it was the cap percentage for Ovechkin on that massive. 13-year contract. Let's say like 14.5. Higher. 16.8. Higher. 19.5. 18.96. So essentially 19%. For context, McDavid does 16. Yeah, I mean, Ovechkin deserves it. He's a great school scorer. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect yeah. contract. It was 9.538 for 13 years. An extraordinarily illegal contract nowadays. But yes. After the Ilya, what did Kovalchuk sign? He signed like a 16-year, $100 million deal, if I remember right. Wasn't it something like that? It was a ridiculously illegal contract. He signed a a 15-year contract at 6.6, evaluated at $100 million, and it was (laughs) terminated in three years. Yes, because he went back to Russia. And then you got like the guys like Rick DiPietro still gets paid from his buyout from the Islanders, which is awesome. Yeah, and there's and a reason why those go, contracts go to Minnesota, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, they're yeah. still feeling the effects of that. So yes. we don't have those anymore. Well, and that's that's the beauty of the new CBA and players are maximizing their AAV and McKinnon did not maximize his AAV. He took less because he knows this team can win a cup and it's over with. And I think both sides just it, it's a double thumbs up for me. For both yeah. sides. Like, I think a, both sides can walk away and be like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. At a base level, you have Nathan McKinnon for nine more seasons. You, there is nothing to not be happy about with that. Yes. You don't have to think about it ever again. He has a perfectly fair contract that is going to age very well as the salary cap goes up. And if there are cap troubles in the future, it's not going to be because McKinnon got fair value on his contract. This is what he was always going to get. 
and he's still in his prime. Like he, he's 27 years old. He'll be right. fine. Like he's, he still has five more years minimum at an elite level top five player. Minimum. I'd wow. argue for a player like McKinnon, he's going to stick around even long. Like you, like you talked about with Crosby and Ovechkin, like elite players like McKinnon who have that level of work ethic. Like, yeah, they might lose a step at like 33. They might not be as fast as they do, but they find ways to adapt. Like I'll bring up the Ovechkin example. When Ovechkin was younger, he would just maul people and go yeah. right through them, rocket the one-timer, scorch his way through defenses. When was the last time you saw like an OV highlight real goal? It hasn't happened in a while. I can think like when he did it to the Devils, like right. three or four that years was ago. 2016, 15. Jesus, I'm getting old. That was 2015. I was at that game. That was yeah. 2015. I was 14 years old back then. Like he he's had his decent goals, but none of the like top goal of the season kind of thing. He's found a way to park himself in front of the net, get a lot more deflections, find better ways to get open and make defenses forget about him. Crosby's done a lot of the same thing. Like he just had so much skill and so much talent. The game's gotten faster. He's not the fastest guy anymore. He started to do the same thing, find ways into open areas, make teams forget about him and just be more cerebral than any, than everybody else. McKinnon's the exact same way. Though even if there comes a day where he can't just bowl his way through six defenders on his way to a highlight real goal, he's going to find ways to just keep going because he's just that good and that smart. Yeah. And you would argue, I mean, like Ovechkin, his playmaking skills have gotten better as he's gotten older. He's right. become a much better playmaker. Because it's been necessitated for him yeah. to be a better playmaker as he just is not as fast and explosive as he used to be. So he he drives everyone over to him because, oh shit, that's Ovechkin with a wide open puck. And then he passes it off to someone else for a wide open net. It works a lot more than you'd think. Yeah. So it's going to be fine. I completely agree with you. Like we could be talking with McKinnon's at the end of this contract and be like, all right, what well, we signed him for for the next three years just to – kick one last kick at the cam. Like, what are we going to do to, to do that? Um, and I can't wait to see it. I mean, he's McKinnon's already started as he's on track to be one of the greatest Colorado sports athletes of all time. He's yeah. on track to be, he's on, he's and, already won a championship. Yep. Which is a lot more than a lot of current Denver athletes can say, right? Correct. Now. You got to so go he, all the way back to Peyton Manning to be the last one who's brought anything home at all. Yes. So and, we're already on pace for that. Yeah, so he's on track to be one of like I don't think he'll ever pass Sackick in like goals or points just because it's a different NHL. Even if he does, it's hard to pass Sackick on the mantle of Colorado correct. sports just because of everything he's ever done. Yeah, correct. I, I don't disagree, but I think McKinnon's on track to be a top three player in Avalanche history. Like he Not a question. He's and on it, track to be. And you've got another guy on the team. Who could be in that conversation right. as well, if not higher, yes. if like if not number one, just because Kale McCarr, you he's still so young. Yeah, and, and I asked that question on Twitter, and I got a lot of grief. I was like, is Kale McCarr already the best defenseman in Avalanche history? Like, it, it he's makes it's a closer debate than people think. Like, it really well, is. The fact that it's even a debate yes. already. Yes, like he's could different. Be, it in could the fact be that, over by the time next season ends. Yeah, and like I love guys like Adam Foot, Rob Blake, Ray Bork, like Santa Socials, all those guys. None of them can do what Kale McCarr does, and he's the only one to win a Norris Trophy. Kale's, so Kale McCarr, right now, like we are witnessing Kale McCarr carve out a new generation of defensemen. Yes. Like the way people talk about Gretzky and like Ovechkin and Crosby is the way that kids right now that are like nine, 10 years old are going to talk about Kale McCarr when they start to make the NHL. They're like, I love all of those defensemen that you just brought up in every defenseman we've had on the abs. None of them have done that. No, none of them have. And to have two of those guys who could go down as potential all-time greats, like it's just as abs fans we're spoiled. Like we had to go through a dark, like, 10 year run and we were mediocre to terrible, but now we're in another golden age of avalanche hockey for the foreseeable five, six years, minimum, 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 like the oldest guy who's locked up on our core is Gabe Landeskog. And he just turned 30. Like we're, we're good. We're good. Like it's going to be fine. Um, and we're going to go through another dark age at the end of this, but every team does this when you're a winning team. I mean, every like, team man, goes through it. Like if that's at the end of McKinnon's contract, this 
next one, I'm going to be 30. Yes. When that contract expires, potentially 31. I do not care yeah. about the dark age that is coming. That is so far in the future. Like I, I was 12, nine years ago. Hey, everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of our great lineup of shows on the Hockey Podcast Network, and it's been great, all because of my brand new Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not ever budge. You never got to worry about them falling out of your ears. Eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life at the perfect price. Quality audio at over half the price of other premium audio brands. It's it's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews with three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. I personally use my Raycons wherever I am, whether it's at the gym, whether it's in class, whether it's at work. Perfect for any situation. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash THPN. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, you've been lucky. You've had uh, both your teams, like your teams, like the caps have kind of faded off as the abs have come on. I'm, so you just I, had a consistent. I think, run. I think about that a lot. Yeah, you've been you've been a lucky hockey hockey fan, and the Caps aren't bad. Like the Caps no, are gonna be good this year. Like but, we'll talk about that more on like the season preview episode yeah. and everything. The Caps are gonna still be good. I'd argue they're better this year than they were yes. last year. Hundred percent. But, but the Avs, by doing this, they've they're still the best team in the West. It, it's without even, question. Not they're even. the best team in the West. It's the Avs, and then a pretty sizable gap, and then you can debate who's number two. Right, and I'd. I'd make the case for St. Louis or Edmonton. Correct. And then and another another significant drop, drop until you yes. even get to number three. Flames are there. But Flames after, are there. After, after Calgary, and even then we'll see. Yeah. After Calgary, it takes a pretty steep dive down to, Jesus, who even is it? Yeah. Vegas, I don't know. Vancouver. Like, Vegas, I don't even want to put them on a board this year just because yeah. like I – do not know what you're going to be. We don't know what they're going to be. Minnesota, I think Los Angeles is going to be good in a couple of years, but their prospects who are supposed to be really good have not done jack shit in the NHL. Yeah, like we're, um, we just keep so, kind of waiting. Like, yeah. This kind of has to be the year because they were good last year because they made some really good moves in the offseason. Yes. Not because their guys finally stepped up yes. and they got Fiala this offseason and they've improved across the board, but like they're going to need a lot of those guys to really step up this season yes. and to be in that upper echelon. And that's to even get to the tier of like Calgary. Right. <laughs> like that's not it even close to, to the be, I'd say in the third tier. Yeah. And that's not even getting close to the abs. But all in all, a fantastic signing for Nathan McKinnon. I'm glad it's over with. We don't have to debate it anymore. It's done. We don't have to worry about another contract until next offseason with Bo Byram, and we will worry about that then. And would would you put it past the abs if Byram starts strong to sign him to a deal, like just a news dump on like Thanksgiving weekend that they just signed him? I would not put that past Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick. I wouldn't put it past them at all. I just – players generally don't like to talk about that stuff I know, in season. But- and also, if you're Bo and you're starting hot, you say – do not fucking talk to me about a contract yeah. until the end of the season. You are right. not taking a cent from me. What if they did do that this year, though? And, like, now that McKinn's done, they just go up to Bo and be like, hey, we want to sign you right now and, like, just get that over with. <laughs> they signed him for, like, three I'm sure. I'm sure they would, and I'm sure they've tried. But if Bo and his agent are smart, they've said absolutely not. Well, I, I agree, but absolutely not. But you talk about his injury history. If he signs it now, he could have that money guaranteed. Like, I could see, I could see it happening. It's it's a case for Byram to do that, but you, he he has the confidence in himself that he's not going to get hurt. I agree. And he's going agree. to play a full season, and he you're you're gonna bet on yourself with everything that you just showed and yep. maximize that contract, whether it's a bridge deal or they sign him to six to eight years. You, yeah, you, I agree. You, you have to take that chance on yourself, and, and I if agree. You get hurt again, that's just kind of tough. Yeah. It, it's tough, but that's a futurist problem. We're going to enjoy the moment right now. Um, you hinted at it way earlier in this episode. The Avs made a surprising PTO decision. We 
we had been talking about PTOs, potential PTOs. They've been coming off the board very, very quick. You had Sonny Milano go to Calgary or Ottawa? Calgary. Calgary, which that was shocking to us. I think it was Calgary. Yeah, you're giving me that thing. I think it was Calgary I, I, or Ottawa. I'm 99% sure it was Calgary, but I will double check that. Yeah. Or someone tweets at me that I'm stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was wondering. But they're, they're going to do that anyway. But. Yeah, true. True. But there's been some surprising PTOs. I'm waiting for Griffin to look this up. I'm trying to stall. This is what we call filibustering in the business. He uh, went to Calgary. Calgary. We were right. Okay. Um, so that one's off the board. And the Avs end up getting a guy who I had, wasn't even on our radar. We didn't even talk about him because I, I thought he was did. out of the league. I think we did talk. I don't know if we talked about it before we started recording or if we briefly mentioned it in like our first episode back. The Avs signed Alex Galchenyuk to a PTO, finally answering the question of who they're going to sign to a PTO, yeah. which is kind of kind of kills some of our topics for the next few <laughs> episodes. But I think what I said to you, I, I don't remember if this was on air or off air, is just like, yeah, I don't see the fit. Just because Galchenyuk is not great defensively. We've no. seen that over the last few seasons. But now that I've seen this and see that they're doing it, and now that I've thought about it for more than 10 seconds, I don't hate it. No. I mean, it, it's a zero risk thing. Right. If he doesn't work, you just cut him and he's fine. PTOs are no risk stuff. And also I have my PTO opinion card revoked after yes. last season. So I am not allowed to have opinions on yes. PTOs anymore. But Do I think he's going to have the same effect Jack Johnson did? No, because the no. abs don't have a glaring need like they did defensively last year. Um, I I don't know. I mean, Galchenyov, he's, he was the second overall pick. We've now had Yakupov. Was he third? Third oh, over. yeah, it was Yakupov, Murray, and then uh, Galchenyov. So all, all three time, played... all time top three, by the yeah. way. Yeah, all three have played for the Avs at some point. Um, I mean, the last time I heard Galchenyov, wasn't he playing for the Coyotes? Yeah, last he year? went to the Coyotes last season. That's something I wanted to talk about, actually, is that there was that 2021 season, that shortened season, where I think he started in Minnesota, went to Ottawa. And then ended no, up in the he, start, he started in Ottawa. Got traded to the Hurricanes. Yes, and they put him on waivers, and he got claimed by the Leafs. And he was and, actually he was playing top line minutes with Matthews. Well, that's what I mean. Like he in twenty six games, he had twelve points. He wasn't that bad when he was with Toronto. It seemed like he carved out a little role for himself. The last time I thought about Alex Galchenyuk was when he signed with Arizona, and I'm like, why? Yeah, because like, he he carved out a pretty decent role for himself in Toronto that he could have landed himself at least a better deal than what was it? 900,000. It was like one year. The, yeah. It, it was league men, 750,000 for one year in Arizona. Was that really the best you could do? I never understood that. Obviously it didn't work out because Arizona's just no offense. Coyotes. It's not where you go to revitalize your career. No. It is an organization that is trying to lose. As Phil Kessel said, after he signed with Vegas, they don't give a shit right now. They are losing and they are getting all prospects right now. And Galchenyuk last season, which is the right game, thing to do, but it's it the is right the right thing, thing to do. But for players like Kessel and Galchenyuk who are trying to revitalize their careers and trying to win, not the best place, not to the be. best spot. No. And last season with Arizona, he played 60 games, six goals, 15 points, 15 assists, 21 points, minus 11 and the Jay Fresh card tweeted out for him is, to Not put good. it mildly, <laughs> bad. Yes. Projected wins above replacement percentage, 1%. Even strength defense, 3%. But there is something there with Galchenyuk, as we've seen in little spurts over the last couple of years. With Toronto, there was something there. It wasn't great. He had that horrific spinorama it was is it game five, <laughs> it game, five. game five that's right game five. that blew that game for them and eventually snowballed into them losing that series but this is a former 30 goal scorer yep. in 2015-16 he scored 30 goals with montreal former third overall pick in 2012 and it just seemed like one day it wasn't there anymore he goes from montreal to arizona in the max domi trade and scores 19 points in back-to-back -back seasons, then ends up in Pittsburgh in the Kessel trade, if I'm remembering that correctly. 
and just sucks. Yep. Like 17 points, 45 games goes to Minnesota. I've never seen a player with this much trade history, honestly. Yeah. Goes to Minnesota in the Zucker trade along with Kalen Addison and is just okay. Goes to Ottawa, does nothing, gets traded to Carolina, picked up by the Leafs, does something, goes to Arizona. Everyone forgets he exists. Yes. This, I think, is a very good player to sign to a PTO because there have been questions over the last couple of seasons about his work ethic and some of his attitude. I've heard issues of like he shows up overweight sometimes. I forget if that was a thing. Do not quote me on this. Yeah. I remember something about like showing up overweight somewhere along the way to training camp. This is a PTO where you see if he has anything left. Yep. Because if he does, this is not a bad guy to maybe plug into your third line for just a little more offensive kick. Because let's say it works out with Galchenyuk. You squeeze 15 goals out of him, you're happy. I would argue 10. Yeah. If you can get 10, you're feeling great. I I just think this is a no – it's it's a win-win for the Avs. Like they, if he ends up being good, you found another player for cheap. And if he ends up being bad, you just let him go, and it's no right. If if, no they, if they signed him to an outright contract, I don't think I would like it. But yeah. with a PTO, it gives you a chance just to just to see how he's working, how he works with everybody else, and if he's got I don't know attitude problems or he just doesn't have it anymore, you, you send him his walking papers and you send him on the way. You really didn't lose anything. And maybe you sign him to an AHL deal and just get him some AHL minutes. Like I, yeah. I don't really like that's what you can do. And I would argue the Avs have probably one of the top five locker rooms in the NHL where accountability, um, you have the, one of the best cap captains in the league and Gabriel Landeskog, like he's not going to be able to slack off. Like yeah. the, that team will not allow it. Like, so well, if he does make the team, he's not going to be able because they'll call his ass out. Like, yeah, they, like, are, they won't be afraid to do that. One of the stories I'll always remember uh, was when Berkey first got traded here, his first practice with Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon is yelling at him and holding him accountable right off the bat. If Galchenyuk is not up to standard, we're going to know about it. And he's going to be out of here quickly. McKinnon's not going to let that slide. Landeskog's not going to let that slide. Eric Johnson's not going to let that slide. None of the leadership group here is going to let that slide. And Jared Bednar does not fuck around with things well, like this. and he's a good play like jared bednar is a player's coach but he will hold their asses accountable like he he's not afraid to do it like he's he's a very easygoing guy but everyone's like you hear about is bednar is the boss in that locker room and they fucking know it and i agree like if he doesn't work out he just goes like it's not the end of the world like we're fine but you give a guy a shot and he is a former 30 goal scorer he's shown flashes that if he's playing with good players he can do something and I mean, our last PTO worked out pretty well on Jack Johnson. So maybe yeah. we continue the good luck. And, with it. and, you know, there was also a PTO that we just always forget about with Artem Anisimov, who also signed a PTO with the Flyers. Today. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who can't move is still getting a champion. The, the, fly, the Flyers love their guys who can't move. Yes. Uh, also signing Louis Erickson to a PTO. That's awesome. Very I funny. Erickson. That's or, awesome. Just to get on like a brief 15 second tangent on the Flyers. Ellis is not going to be back for a while. Couturier is going to be out for several weeks. That team is going to be prime time drama all season. I can't wait for the They're going to end up with the number one pick. They're going to get fucking Connor Bedard. I can't wait. And he's going to have John Tortorella as his coach, <laughs> coach right off the bat. And they're going to ruin him. It's yes. going to be McDavid all over again. It's yes. going to be so awesome. I cannot wait. So oh, anyway, great. getting back on track to Galchenyuk because I can go off on the Flyers for hours because they're so yeah. funny. But one thing, one thing I always harp on, on guys who just can never seem to get comfortable somewhere is sometimes it does help to know where home is. Yes. Is, and when you're a guy who has been on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different teams, and you're, I hope I did that right. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven teams. Now eight different teams in your NHL career, if you include the abs. Even when he was with Arizona last year, like I just said, they're not a serious franchise right now. They're not serious about winning. They do not care. And the season before he went, or in the last two seasons before that, he was with four separate teams. That does really not allow you to settle down somewhere and just get comfortable. And he's not going to have a lot of time to do that here because he's going to need to earn a contract out of training camp and preseason. But if he does, 
it might be very refreshing for him to be like, oh, these guys care and want to win and are holding me to a standard for me to be my best self. And that that might be something that does help because we often really do overlook the mental aspect of the game yes. sometimes. And they are human to, beings. And going to another team is not as simple as just getting on a plane. Like you got to move your whole family out there. You got to move all your belongings out there. Even when you're as rich as a lot of these guys are, it's not an easy process to take care oh, of. Moving sucks. It dude. sucks. It's it a sucks. mentally draining thing. And now try going to practice and doing all that and trying to learn all your new teammates and the game plan and everything. It's probably exhausting. Yes. So I, I like th- it. I, I, like- I think it's a good job. Yeah. I, I think there's something there with Galchenyuk that if this works out, this could be a kind of thing where it's like, how the hell do they keep getting these guys? This is ridiculous. Like it's Jesse I, from the Breaking Bad, they can't keep getting away with keep this. Getting away with like it's, I think you can squeeze 15 goals out of Galchenyuk. I think he has that in him over the course of an 82-game season. If he plays all 82 games, he can carve out a role for himself maybe in that middle six that if you put him with good players, he's shown that with the Leafs, he can do something with it. Yes. And I think there's something there that you can squeeze out of him. He's not old. He's only 28. So That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. He was only drafted by... 2012 yeah which was a decade ago i always i said only only 2012 (laughs) like i wasn't 11 when that draft happened but i think there's something there with it and if there's not who cares no harm harm done it'll be a news dump on a sunday right before football starts that they've released him from his pto and we'll know yeah basically and we'll be good so i'm sure there'll be another one that surprises us in the next couple days i don't Um, honestly i don't know if there will be i think they might be unless it's another defenseman yeah Maybe. I mean, but we'll see. I mean, and even if you sign Galchenyuk to a two-way deal and he plays most of the year in the AHL, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's really not. There's, so, really, there's really no circumstance here that's the end of the world. Yeah. So another good move by Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick. It's a total high-risk, low-reward. Oh, I totally screwed up. Louis Erickson did not sign with the Flyers. It was Anton oh. Roussel. Oh. So – redact that I, funny. I totally got those guys mixed up but still very funny but yeah. um yeah i mean we'll see what happens with galchenyov but I, I really don't think it's gonna be anything crazy like he's not gonna be like a 50 point guy but he could be a nice fourth line addition who could maybe i mean do you think he could elevate a guy like logan o'connor maybe if he plays I, on the i line think you're hoping you sign galchenyov with the hopes of pushing logan o'connor down yeah and that you're playing him with Evan Rodriguez and Comfer. And now all of a sudden, if if Galchenyuk has something left, that's a third line that's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. So, and if he signs a PTO, I think it's league, it's vet minimum, right? It's league minimum. Like you you really, if you're signing a PTO, you really can't ask for anything more than 750. And what, how funny would it be if he just revitalizes his career and then goes and signs like a five-year like Man, we just contract. seem to have a way with these guys sometimes. Yeah. You look at Val, everyone was just saying... What are you doing here? This guy's he's got nothing left in him. Jack Johnson, they turned him from laughing stock to playing meaningful minutes on Stanley Cup winning team. There's something there with Galchenyuk still. And if, if he can't if he can't work it out here in Colorado, his career is over. Over. He's going over. to the KHL. Well, and like look at a guy like like people make fun of Neil Yakupov, but when he came to the Ats, he wasn't terrible for his two years that he was here. He wasn't great, but he wasn't he wasn't terrible. Like he he was okay. I like I mean he was fine. I mean he had sixteen points that season, if I'm remembering yeah. right. Like he wasn't bad. Like if you're getting twenty points out of Galchenyuk on a league min deal, who gives a shit? Yeah, you'll be good. So I'm excited, dude. Just all of this hockey news just got made me more and more excited for hockey starting soon. Right. And it seems seems like all reports the Avs are starting training camp on either Thursday or Friday. So we'll have everyone back in town. They did their usual annual golf tournament, which today, or by the time you're listening to this yesterday, um, I, for one, would just love to hear how those guys golf. I don't imagine that any of them are super good. I imagine McKinnon paid for a lot. Yeah, I imagine he did too. Um, But I mean, just to tie that back to the McKinnon, like all the Instagram stories today are like all the players celebrating, like, let's fucking go, Mac. Like, let's go 29, get your shit. So 
I'm I'm super pumped for this year. I cannot wait for October 12th or 13th, whatever day it is. Well, um, I cannot wait. So it's getting closer and closer. And we have some guests that we're lining up for these next couple weeks. We have a recurring guest coming on on Saturday. I just got the DM. So I'll tell you more about that when we sign off here. So look forward to that. But we're going to all of our usual favorite guests are coming back on and we are super, super pumped about it. I'm I'm just so excited for this season. Like there, there's, I don't want to say there's no pressure, but it really does feel like the weight lifted off yes. of our shoulders. Just like we won, we've got everyone locked up. There's really no drama heading into this season. Let's just go play some fucking hockey, man. Let's have a good fucking time doing it. So I got nothing else for this episode, man. I'm pumped. Like I said, we stay tuned. We do have a guest coming on Saturday night. We'll record with them. You'll hear it Sunday morning. Um, Make sure you're tuned in for that, but it's going to be a great time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it all. I mean, this is the last episode we're going to have without at least training camp going on. I mean, yep. first, we we made it. We this, did it. This is the we end of the offseason. Like, I'd, I'd classify last episode as the end of the offseason where we're yes. just kind of struggling for content because we got a massive news dump today. The The biggest news of the offseason is McKinnon, obviously. And when we're talking next time, we're going to have training camp to talk about. We're going to have guests on. We're going to be previewing the season like this. The we're back is what like eight days away yeah. or something like that. Like we're, we're barely back. over a week away from watching this team play. Like rookie camp is over. Yes. We already made we're it. Back. That. We're and, back baby. In a month's time, like we're going to have like four games under our belt. Like yes. we're going to be into this by now. I can't wait. I cannot wait, dude. I'm so excited to have content to talk about. It's, it's going to be so much fun. And now, now I'm bringing you on well before game one yes. of the season i think what like when did i have you on the first time like five days before the season started yep. or something like that yep so we have a full we had a full off season together um it's like what they joke about like i've had a full off season in the program i feel like this is gonna be my best year to come uh just career highs coming for us i was <laughs> like you're joking but i completely believe that yeah. <laughs> we, got a, we got a full year of experience under our belt and for some reason, people are listening to us and keep coming back. Like I'm, I'm just genuinely excited for next yes. season. Like I, I just think we're gonna do great, and I can't see, I can't wait to see what it's gonna bring. And I just want to give a special shout out to whoever listens to us in the country of Oman. We were the number one hockey podcast yes. in the country of Oman. Shout out so, to our Oman listeners. If you are, if you are a listener in Oman and you are on Twitter. Send us who you are. DM us. We have to know who our Oman listener is that has us as the number one hockey podcast. Number one, baby. We're number one in something. (laughs) No. But awesome, man. Let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Absolutely. So another fun episode. Nathan McKinnon stuff done and dusted. Maybe one more PTO coming down the line in the next couple of days. We'll see where it all goes in time. But next time you hear from us, we're going to be talking about training camp, stuff like that. We're going to be talking to guests. We're going to be previewing the season. All fun stuff ahead here on the show. Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Get yours before the season starts so that you can have just the best drip. That that shirt's awesome. Not not to toot our own horn on our own merch, but that shirt just rules. I love that shirt so much. Kicks ass. So you can get that at denvernosebleeds.com. Use promo code tell it as it is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. It's like we're saying, preseason, less than two weeks away. Regular season, less than a month away. And if you want to take the family out for a, a night at Ball Arena, you can use promo code SeatGeek, get some money off of your first uh, order. Promo code tell it as it is on SeatGeek. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you're good. You're good. It's all right. We're professionals. Okay. Promo code Teledabs is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. It's a great way to help support the show. But that's going to do it for us on this edition. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Teledabs is. But once again, thank you so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go Abs.